Hey, this is Ryan Tucker, and welcome to the weekly podcast, The Unchangeable Truth. We just sit down with Pastor Stephen as he discusses his sermon from Highland Park Baptist Church, and we are honored and thankful that you've decided to listen. And we ask you to go ahead and, and click that subscribe button, click that like or the follow button. And then again, we are honored and thankful that you've decided to listen. So keep listening as Pastor Stephen discusses his weekly sermon. Hey, it's Ryan, and welcome back to the podcast room with Pastor Stephen. Today, we are looking at Romans chapter 12, verses 14 through 17, and it's titled, Living Out Your Faith. And Pastor Stephen, I was sitting in the room yesterday listening to your your uh, sermon. Man, it, it hit hard. Um, a lot of stuff in there that just caused some self-reflection, caused us to think Um thought it was delivered well i want to tell you that publicly i thought it was delivered well great sermon great um man just great word um diving into diving into romans right sorry <laughs> yeah. i had to do it i had to do it diving into yeah, the word but your first your <clears throat> first point is hey, let me say this yeah, before you get into the point yesterday i uh my family and i go to eat eat lunch with another family and uh i uh, i sit down next to uh, next to the wife of this family, and uh, she turns to me and she says, "I just want to tell you, I didn't like that sermon at all." <laughs> she said, yeah. "You did a good job with it, but I didn't <laughs> like that sermon at all." Well, I mean, in Romans leads us to this uh, and this this thought of what we should be doing as believers, what we should be doing as Christ followers. Um, so we got we got four five things here today. If I could read my notes, we got five things here. And the first one is bless those who hurt you. And uh, bless those who hurt you. Uh, not hurt you. Hurt you. Bless those who hurt you. So I got a question on this one, but I'll let you, I'll let you kind of roll with that. Yeah, it almost, it, it almost sounds like uh, it's a misprint. Right, that, that 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 it should be bless those who Hershey you or whatever right. <laughs> whatever you were saying. Well, I was I, in my um, notes. I have don't curse them, and I was looking I at you. curse and hurt right now. And hey, I'm human. It happened. Sure. Well, you know, just a couple of weeks ago, a few of us got Hershey syruped all over. So that's true. That's true. Um, you know, maybe BBS. We bless, raised a lot of money for missions. Bless those who do that. But the yeah, bless those who hurt you. Again, we're so we've made this point the last couple of weeks. That the first eleven chapters of the book of Romans, where it talks about doctrine and what we believe, who we are in Christ, and even talking about he's not through with Israel yet, and it's just some rich stuff that people like to sit around and talk about and debate and all that. But then we get to chapter twelve, and he says, "Okay, hey, now that we've kind of set this biblical foundation, this theological foundation, let's go ahead and talk about how that applies to our lives. Let's talk about talk about practical living here. And that's the reason why the title of the message, Living Out Our Faith, really any message that we've, uh, we've approached in Romans 12 could have been titled Living Out Our Faith. Uh, but that's what he is saying. Let's talk about the practical here. First of all, as a follower of Jesus Christ, you ought to treat people differently and you ought to bless those who hurt you. That we are to be a blessing to them, right? We are to bless our enemies. Uh, he tells us there, do not curse them. Uh, you stop and think that's an easy thing to do, uh, to curse them when they've hurt you. Right. 
or hey, uh, what do they say? Hurt people, hurt people. Is that what right, they say? Right. Uh, absolutely, that's the natural response. Uh, so can I can I interrupt you? Sure. And I, my question, I'm going to ask you. Hopefully, I mean, I know you'll be able to answer it, but you can you can finish your thought by answering my question. So the first point is, you know, bless those who hurt you. So my question is, in today's culture, in 2022, how do we do that? How do we practically bless those who hurt us? Well, I don't, goodness, I don't know. It's, I don't know. It's dependent upon time. Maybe, maybe some of the ways that that play out. But I would say, uh, how do you bless them? Well, you speak words of affirmation. Uh, you choose not to bring harm to them the way that they brought harm to you. Uh, you, uh, well, you don't look to damage them or their reputation around the water cooler. Mm. Yeah. Don't we like to do that? Yeah. Don't we? It's amazing how we'll sit there and well, I don't mean, I don't mean to talk about other people, but <laughs> <laughs> and the next thing you know, we're talking about other people yeah. and what we'll go out and we will try to get the quote jewelry <laughs> on our side, uh, and we'll tear them down. To try to uh, diminish any bit of credibility they may have, so that everybody will see how I'm right and how they're wrong. Yeah. I mean, how in the world? My goodness, how in the world could anybody hurt me? Right. How in the world could anybody not like me? Seriously, if I have an enemy, the problem's with them. It's not with me. Yeah. How, how could you be an enemy of who I am and what I represent? So. I mean, first of all, I'm, I'm just gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna stay away from that urge to let me build my case yeah. by tearing them down, by destroying their reputation, and instead, man, I'm just gonna I'm gonna love. We mentioned it last week as well. I'm gonna pray for them. Yeah, I don't. I I know that we fleshed that out in the sermon a little bit later on, but yeah. I think you even said yourself in. We all know that this to be true and factual, that when we are praying for someone, if it, whatever the subject of our prayers are about, it's amazing how it changes the way that we think and we behave concerning that. So the very people that were like, man, they hurt us. I can't stand yeah. them. I want to hurt them. And then we start praying prayer. Let us be reminded, prayer is not us getting God to change his mind. Right. There's right. nothing that you can do where God's like, yeah, I was going to do this, but you know. <laughs> now, we do see instances in the Bible where God's like, you know, I relented. Right. I relented, but relenting was part of his plan. Right, right. right. But, but prayer is about God changing our own hearts, our own desires. We've all been there before. We've been praying about something. And in the course of that prayer, God redirecting our desires and God changing us to where the end result or the end answer, the end answer to that prayer request is opposite of what we intentionally right. or we we initially began desiring. But we're like, well, this is the best thing. This is what needs to happen because my heart's changed. Yeah. And it could be that your heart changes even with those who've hurt you and those and who knows? There's a reason why Proverbs says a soft answer turns away wrath. By the way, that is my verse for twenty twenty two. A soft answer turns away 
Wrath. Well, we're we're in the seventh month of 2022. So um, I, well, it was it was the same it was the same one for 2021. <laughs> I, you know, I just tend to carry it over until I, a, I get it down pat. Had a rough couple of years, huh? A soft answer turns away wrath. Yeah. It, it, the way you respond or the way you don't respond, maybe yeah. it's it's amazing how that can soften even yeah. the hardest person. So how how does that play out in today? I'm going to set aside my own desires, right? I'm going to set aside what the flesh is telling me to do. I'm not going to seek to elicit the same kind of hurt to them that they brought to me. And they're going to be the subject of my prayers. Yeah. And I would say even your prayer to be, God, God, please cause me to see them and to feel towards Mm -hmm. them the way you do. Yeah. So you you made this statement that it – about blessing those who hurt you it's not about retaliation with interest but it kind of leads into your second point that we've got to be sensitive to others so yeah we don't we don't need to curse them it's okay to say good things about them it's okay to be nice we need to pray for them we need to bless them but we also need to be sensitive to others um well and and going back to what you said our the I guess the question, the comment that you had right there, this Old Testament philosophy of an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth, people read that now and they're like, oh, that's horrendous. That's horrible. I can't believe that that would, I mean, you know, we live in a season of grace and Mm -hmm. thank God that it's Mm -hmm. not like that. I can't believe that it would even have been that way, but stop and think an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. That was actually positive because we want to retaliate with interest. Yeah. Yeah. I'm taking both your eyes, knocking all your teeth out. <laughs> you know, yeah. you get false teeth, I'm going to I'm going to mess them up too. Yeah. So, uh, I'm just man, I'm going to elicit so much more harm to you than what you did to me to uh to maybe guarantee that you never come to harm me again. And so Christ comes along and then Christ says, "No, no, 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 no. No, we're not talking about equal retaliation because equal retaliation then would have been radical." Yeah. It yeah. would have been countercultural. Yeah. I would say even today. Mm-hmm. And he's like, we're talking about no retaliation. Yeah. And like you say, so I'm going to be sensitive. I'm going to be sensitive to others, to others' feelings, to others' emotions. Uh, they, I, I don't want to say they, they, they build off of each other. Clearly, they go hand in hand, though. That uh, you know, I'm gonna, I'm gonna rejoice for those that are rejoicing. I'm gonna, I'm gonna be happy for those that are happy. Yeah. And then, man, I'm gonna cry. I'm gonna mourn with those that are mourning and. Uh, my heart's going to be broken when their heart is broken as well. Again, it is putting others before myself. Yeah. So it's setting aside, well, pff, I don't have anything to be happy about. What am I going to rejoice? I'm not going to their parade. Right. Uh, I'm not, I don't have a float in the parade. If I had a float in the parade, you know, <laughs> I, I might go if I were Santa at the end or something where all the kids are, woo, Santa. But man, I'm not even, I'm not even riding the little clown <laughs> motorcycles over the front. Are you kidding me? I'm not going. But I'd, no, I'd like to see that. I'd like to see Pastor Steven on one of those little motorcycles, a little fancy hat, just driving in a figure eight. Yeah, clowns scare me. I don't like clowns. When I was in college, I'll never forget this. I was in college at Union University, <laughs> Jackson, Tennessee, and this would have been the early nineties. Uh, we we had we had all these different ministries, and we had a clown ministry. I'm not making this up. We had a clown ministry. Like in the church or the college? In the college. In the college. 
There was a clown ministry, and, there, and I, I think I think at one point in time there was that was kind of a popular thing. So there was this clown ministry. So a group of students that would get together and they would dress up like clowns, and they would go out and they would do skits and just all this kind of stuff. And I, you know, I'm I'm sure it was fantastic. I was in a chapel service, and those clowns came out. I was already uneasy when they came out, but they came out and they was it did called a skit. Carpenter's Crew. No, no, that, that, no, no, that, the clowns were not the Carpenter's crew. Okay. The, the uh, um, sorry, got y'all. The clown, no, the clowns. So, hey, one clown drug another clown to hell. Oh goodness! And oh. he was happy. <laughs> it was a happy clown dragging another clown to hell, and I'm like, I knew I didn't like clowns. I really don't like clowns now. So you'll never see me painted up like a clown. I mean, unless I'm laying in that pine box, and yeah. then somebody else is painting me up, and then I won't care. I won't care. You paint me up like a clown. The the oh I'm going to be sensitive to others, though, right? So I'm right. going to go back. I'm going to go back to this. Hey, man, I'm even going to put others others' emotions above my own. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to be sensitive to what they're going through, and I'm going to come alongside of them and. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna be there with them and um, celebrate with them and cry with them and I mean it's what we would call to be a to be a friend and and we even talked in the sermon. I mean it's the very very character and nature of God that 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 when we're broken hearted man God God's sensitive to that and 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 God is yeah. you know God draws near to the to the broken hearted and you know when we were. When great things happen and we're rejoicing, man, I mean, Scripture tells us you think that you're a good father? Right. I mean, you're nothing. Like, you give – Right. Uh, what does it say? Like, you give a serpent to your kid. Hmm. You give a snake to your right. kid. God gives an egg yeah. to his kids, and, and an egg's a good thing, you know. Uh, I made I made scrambled eggs last night for mm, supper and put a good. little bit of uh, – first of all, you gotta you really got to butter <laughs> the skillet really good. And I uh, buttered the skillet, and then I take – I take cheese, like craft cheese oh, slices, not even real cheese, you know, the processed oh. cheese. But, but and the reason why I like that, and you put that in your yolks or in your in your eggs yeah. after you whisk them up, the reason why it melts better than regular cheese. I like that. Re- sometimes regular well, cheese, you melt that, it gets all greasy and oily. See, you're causing me to stumble, Pastor Stephen, because I just had blood work done the last couple of weeks, and the doctor says that I'm... Uh, my cholesterol levels are a little high, and I have to stay away from that stuff. And now it sounds really good, you know. So yeah, I saw my doctor this afternoon. Told me my cholesterol's up fifteen points. Oh, good. Yeah, there so, you go. Probably because well, of the cheesy eggs uh, and butter. Yeah, I'd have to say it's more than just the eggs. <laughs> but going back to this, we're following the very, the very nature and the very yeah. character of God Himself. Yeah. So. So. Your next point, I'm going to be honest with you. Like, I, in my notes, I stopped writing. I wrote the point, but I stopped writing because this was a point that, uh, you know, you kind of you kind of looked out at everybody and said, I need you to hear this. Here's the point. Um, it's be willing to sacrifice your need to be right. So living out our faith according to Scripture, we're going to bless those who hurt us, be sensitive to others, but... Be willing to sacrifice your need to be right. And I just, I had to listen. I had to stop and listen. I couldn't take notes because I needed to hear this. Um, talking about harmony, but uh, 
Well, in verse 16, yeah, when he says be of the same mind toward one another, that's what he's talking about. He's talking about having harmony. And uh, in my own study and reflection and everything else, I'm sitting there and I'm like, okay, what is it that probably disrupts more harmony within families, within uh, marriages, within churches? Mm. The need to be right. Yeah. The need, and, and I don't know, maybe it's just something that resonated with me that not everybody struggles with, but the need to be right. I'm right. You're wrong. Let me yeah. tell you why I'm right. Let me tell you why you're wrong. Let me tell you how I'm smart. Let me tell you how you're stupid. And 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 you're sitting there and you're like, well, I don't understand. I don't understand why my wife don't like me. I don't understand why my kids don't want to be around me. <laughs> you know, I don't... <laughs> I don't understand why our church is in such a mess. I mean, and yeah. please hear me. Our church is, thank God, yeah, we're blessed yeah. with our church that Absolutely. we are in. Unbelievable. But yeah. now I will say this. There are times, there are things and there are times. It is It is very key. You and I were talking about this before the podcast. It's key for you to dig your heels in yeah. and say, this is truth. This is imperative. But 99% of the things that we dig our heels in on and we have to be right about and it brings about division, we're not talking about imperative truth. Right. We're talking about foolish things. Foolish things. I mean, it's it's amazing to me. And please hear me. Uh, You guys know this in the room, and I don't know, our listeners may do... by now listening i'm extremely conservative and that conservatism it it flows through every area of my life and so there are key things key factors uh for me when it comes to who i'm going to support for a political position who i'm going to vote for all those kinds of things but why in the world every four years do we get so easily duped into thinking that the hope that we have, it lies in a particular uh, party or a particular individual sitting in the seat at the White House? Because, I mean, I've been doing this 51 years now. Right. And there have been folks on either side of the aisle all through that time. And it's has it changed the morality of our nation? No. Has it has it changed the fact that people are dying and going to hell? No. No. Now please hear me. I'm gonna be very opinionated. Here's who I'm voting for. Right. Here's who I think you are to vote for, and here's why. I mean, I've I've never yet voted for a pro-choice candidate right pro-life's real big for me yeah it's a big one um and so that's that uh, thank god i've always had the opportunity to choose between two there have been times i've cast a vote and i'm like okay the only thing i agree with this dude about is their pro-life stance but that's a big one yeah that's a big one um it's kind of interesting though that the supreme court you know, we see the overturning of Roe right. v. Wade with a very anti-life president in office. Yeah. And I know some of that goes back to people that were put into place under someone else. But 
Those aren't things that you sit there and you dig your heels in and you say, I'm going to break fellowship with you. Right. You're dumb. Let me tell you how to. And it's amazing with social media how we will publicly destroy mm. a bridge to the gospel in someone's life so yeah. we can shame them and prove how foolish they are. Yeah. I, I don't know. There's some great things that happen on social media. Clearly, we know that we're able to get the gospel out. Yeah. And there's some great things, and families stay in contact. Grandparents get to see pictures, all that kind of stuff, and you know, good things. But I'm telling you, there's an incredibly destructive nature yeah. to it as well. Yeah. I think it gives a lot of boldness to people that otherwise are yellow and would yeah. not say things to someone's face. But great amounts of destruction come in that. And I'm just saying, as a follower of Jesus Christ, there are some things that being right ultimately at the end of the day, does it really even matter right. if it causes the opportunity for us to tell of the greater truth, yeah. which is the gospel of Jesus, is yeah. if it causes us to lose that bridge. Yeah. And I think that was the the great example on this point is like, you know, don't don't let the stuff keep you from making much of Jesus in everything that we do. And, uh, you know, harmony is a big part of that. You know, uh, I've been a part of organizations and churches where, you know, the, the need to be right was more important than the gospel message. And, you know, that the church suffered for it. So, um, yeah, it's huge. Uh, point number four. Uh, be kind to everyone. I love these. I love the. I love these points. They're very simple. Looking at them, but once you peel the layer back, uh, man, it's just hard work. But be kind to everyone. Um, and I think what you said. I, I don't remember the exact wording, but something about there's no room for a snob mentality, right? There's no room to no room for spiritual snobbery. There you go. In there the you church. Go. All right. Yeah, absolutely. I knew I was close. <laughs> be kind to everyone. Yeah. I mean, there you go. It explains it. Right. <laughs> Who am I to be kind to? Yeah. Everybody. Everybody, regardless of skin color, regardless of background, regardless of who their favorite sports team is, regardless of how they voted, regardless of uh, whatever, I'm going to be kind to everyone, regardless of how much money they have or they do not have. Uh, why? Because it's the very character and nature of God who loves all people, all different kinds of people. Uh, for God so loved the world. Pretty not, simple, right? Yeah, not so for God so loved lily white evangelicals <laughs> who make above per capita income per year. No. For God so loved everyone, yeah. right? Everyone. And the reason why I chose lily whites because that's me sitting in this room. Uh, but, I mean, it's amazing it's amazing how, again, we think that because someone looks different than us, maybe talks different than us, different background, different likes, different dislikes, that we automatically have the right to not mm. like that individual. Yeah. Well, I mean, how many folks do we automatically think we don't like and we've never even taken the time to get to know them? Ooh. Ooh. That's a tough one. I think you probably should ask that one from the stage. Maybe you probably would have had some discussion. Probably somebody probably would have answered you. You know, those are always fun when people answer you. Um, living out your faith, bless those who hurt you. Be sensitive to others. Be willing to sacrifice. You need to be right. Be kind to everyone. And the last one is be humble. 
um, having this lower view of yourself, this lower thought of yourself, putting other people first. And um, I, I guess my question on this one is why why is that so hard for the church? I understand people in you know in culture. Yes, the culture teaches us, hey, it's all about you. Get what you got to get. Like make sure you're number one. But the church, we've been taught time and time again, that it's not about us. It's all about who Jesus is. It's about putting others first. But why is that still a difficult thing for people that have been in church for a long time, who have heard the gospel message, who have heard the words of Jesus, have heard preacher after preacher talk about stuff like this? We know what scripture says, but why is it so hard for us to to put people first? I think there's two... I think there's two reasons, probably many more than this, but two that come to mind. One of them, you just nailed it, the me-centricness of the church, that when we uh, when we build the church and we even um, uh, advertise the church as uh, we're going to meet your needs, come and let us do this for you, and it's all about you, 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 then let us not be surprised when we have built a congregation full of people that are uh, really exalting themselves, and they're high on themselves, and they they don't have a humble spirit about them. Uh, and I would say, I would say, secondly as well, unfortunately, uh, there are people who will even use the gospel uh, to mm. exalt themselves. Mm. And here's how that kind of plays out: it plays out. Uh, well, I'm saved, and you're not. Let me. I mean, my goodness, look at you. Look at how wretched you are. Look, look at, look at, look at all the junk you're involved in. My goodness, look at, look at how depraved you are. Um, you are. Uh, I mean, you are so far gone. And look at how spiritual I am. And look at how. But instead. And I'm going to use the word humble, not humble, because my pastor growing up would say humble, uh, like the H was silent. Yeah. Uh, but Houston. whenever we're going to Houston, Texas, yeah, whenever, whenever he would, whenever he'd say God, he would pray in his prayer, God give us an humble spirit. Um, the, but instead, our approach, our approach to the gospel should be this: I can't believe I'm forgiven. Yeah. Okay, out of out of everyone else. I, I can't believe I'm saved. Yeah. Man, if he did this for me, he can do this for you. Yeah. Yeah. We ought to be the walking billboard of a transformed life, yeah. yet humble in spirit, uh, exalting the Lord and his grace and his mercy, but yet minimalizing my part in the salvation process. Mm. In which we could argue, and 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 I bar- I heard somebody say this many years ago, and so that's why, I, I, honestly, I don't remember who said it, but maybe I've heard many people say it. But you know, hey, my part was the sinning; God's part was the saving, right? <laughs> right, right. Um, and so, uh, let us continue. Let, if anything, the more we begin to. Uh, lean into the gospel harder, and the more we begin to understand the transforming power of the gospel, yeah. let it let that instead of let you know, instead of that inflating us, let it let it bring humility to us mm. 
And and again, I would just say this, one of the biggest problems that we have in the church today is we have a church that is filled full, and please hear me, I include myself in this, we have a church that is filled full of people that have forgotten what it was like to be lost. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I heard a guy say a comment the other day, and man, it's so true. It is so true, because we'll talk now even even about this humility, even when it comes to other brothers and sisters in Christ, because, you know, we are known as uh, Christians, what, being the only ones who shoot their wounded, right? You've heard that before? Right. I heard I heard a seasoned man of God uh, that, that, that I love and greatly respect. He made this comment. He said, well, I know what the gospel can do for a lost man. Now... Now I guess I'm going to see what the gospel can do for a saved man. Mm. Mm. And that's strong. Yeah. Because yeah. we're still we're still living uh I don't even want to say under the cloud of the gospel. How 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 about I say we're still swimming in the sea of the gospel, yeah. right? Yeah. Uh that yes, it has the power to save me and also has the power to transform me. But then it also has the power, even in my failure, to sustain me mm. and, and, mm. and to keep me in the Father's hands. Yeah. Um, and, and I and I think I think again. That's rich. If yeah. we if 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 everything yeah. would be saturated yeah. with the power of the gospel, mm. it would transform the way that we even respond to our friends, the way that we respond yeah. to our family, the way that we respond to our enemies. Wow. And that's the transforming power of the gospel of Jesus. But it's hard. Yeah. It's hard because, man, our eyes are so easily off focused and we want to start looking at this and that. Mm. And it's amazing while we all know that legislation, that there's no way that you can legislate morality, we'll still, all of us, will march down the streets carrying signs, screaming mm. and yelling and, you know, picketing and all this. And, man, we could just get this legislation passed. It's going to, you can't legislate morality. Yeah. It, it is a gospel issue. Mm. Yeah. And, you know, the, the final point, one of the things that I wrote was like, you know, just show people Jesus um, in the way that we live out our faith, pointing to Jesus and everything. Who knew you could have church on a podcast, right? Man, that was good. That was rich stuff. Pastor Stephen, thank you. Thank you for your time, as always, just looking at this text and uh, just being truthful to the word, being obedient to the word. So thank you for what you do. Thank you for always teaching the truth. And uh, if you're listening, we thank you for listening, and we will see you next time on the Unchangeable Truth Podcast. Hey, guys, this is Stephen Kyle, and I want to thank you for listening to our podcast today, Unchangeable Truth. Uh, this is a ministry of Highland Park Baptist Church in Panama City, Florida, and we would love for you to visit us if you ever find yourself in the Panama City area. Our address is 2611 Highway 231 North. You can also learn more about our church and its ministry by going to our website, www.highland, and it's H-I-L-A-N-D, park.org. There you'll learn more about what we believe, what we teach, about the gospel of Jesus Christ. There'll also be a sermon archive there so you can go and listen to various sermons over the last several years. As always, we would love to talk to you about your relationship with Jesus Christ. So feel free, shoot us an email 
info at highlandpark.org if you'd like to learn more about Jesus and what it means to follow him. Our prayers are that you would draw near to Christ, that this podcast would be used to point you to Jesus and to help your faith grow and your walk increase. God bless you guys. Thank you for listening.